Today we're just going to jump right into it because I don't really have any filler things to talk about today. <laughs> so lately I've been thinking about what it entails to have a higher level of thinking. And a lot of people that I look up to or am friends with or have taught me in the past really have this idea of higher thinking as just accumulating knowledge and just having that information in your head. And it wasn't until I got into a philosophy class when I attended West Virginia University that my thinking and critical thinking skills has been challenged to the extreme limits of what my mental capacity could be at the time. And it was frustrating. I'm not going to lie to you. It was hugely frustrating because I thought that I was answering the questions and writing my essays in this profound way of using great insight and sources to back that up. And every time I did that, my professor would always write, needs more work. (laughs) And boy, there's nothing really kind of ticks me off more than hearing the words needs more work, right? Because you put in all this work to do the research, to do the analysis, and to write this damn paper that's like 10 pages long to try to impress this teacher. And then you get a C on it and it says needs more work. So for me, I got really upset because... You know, here I am busting balls to try to get this work in done, to try to get a good grade in the class, because I actually tried in that class as boring as it was, and it seemed like it was never good enough. So eventually, I broke down, and I went to the professor, and I was like, look, man, why am I always getting bad grades on these papers? I am doing the requirements that you're asking me to do. I'm researching. I'm quoting. Um these, you know, great philosophers and tying their thought process into the papers, right? I'm using them as kind of evidence to back up my thought process. And my professor pretty much was just kind of like, without missing a beat, just told me like, look, dude, your papers are good in terms of technical writing and just getting the basic information down. Well, when it comes to digging deeper and actually trying to analyze what's going on, you don't have it. And I didn't understand this. I really didn't. So I was like, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm just like, okay, so what the heck are you talking about? Well, he's pretty much describes to me that like when you're thinking and your thought levels of processes is like a pyramid or a triangle, right? At the bottom, you have your knowledge, right? That's your foundation. You just have your basic knowledge. And then above that, the next step, step two is comprehension. And then step three would be application. Step four is analysis. Step five, you synthesize that analysis. And then step six and the final one, that's just the top of the pyramid or the triangle, is evaluation. Pretty much you evaluate the outcome by putting the information together to come to some some kind of conclusion of like all the information that you gather into a creative way, right? So it, it... it really ticked me off because I was like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> and so he broke it down for me, right? So pretty much he's telling me is that like, what everybody's problem is, is that everybody just gathers knowledge and that's where they stop when it comes to thinking. We all take in information, whether it's from the media, books, magazines, encyclopedias, dictionaries, where have you. 
we all take in knowledge and knowledge is just nothing more than information gathering that's it all knowledge is is just you're gathering information to try to come you know to kind of come to a comprehension of what you're of the information that you're gathering all it is is knowledge is just a gathering of information and a basic a comprehension of what you gather and that's where everybody kind of stops they stop on the step one and then step two now what people don't do is go further than that comprehension of knowledge which is application which is making use of that knowledge and taking that information apart for example we could learn about Physics. We'll just go with physics. That's the first thing that pops in my head. You can do all the technical work in physics. Learn all the formula. You can learn all the the definition. You can learn all of the, you know, firsthand knowledge, basic knowledge of every physics class that you could take. And then what we do is that we take in that knowledge and we try to understand that basic knowledge. And that's where we stop. We don't go to the next step of application. I mean, we do, we dip our toes in it, but we don't really fully dive into the application, meaning that we'll learn all the basic formulas, we'll learn all the basic technical definitions of what we need in physics, but when it turns, when it's time to extrapolate that data or that information and go some, like a little step further beyond that, we can't do it because it's intimidating. So physics, like we know E equals MC squared. We can learn that formula all day, every day. Right. We know Einstein did it or talked about it. The theory of relativity. We know like, you know, it's used to measure the speed of light or, you know, mass times force equals acceleration squared or something like that. We know that basic knowledge of it. But when we're trying to go dig deeper on it, we cannot. <laughs> we don't know its proper application. When do we use that? Well, when we're calculating the distance from here to the sun, it'd be like the basics calculations of it, right? But then the actual technical application of that, which is the next step, which is to analyze or to, um, which is to fully use that application and then ap- analyze that application, pretty much building a rocket ship <laughs> is the next step of that to get to the moon or to the sun or to the Mars or what to, to wherever you need to go. When it's time to apply that knowledge, we get stuck. You kind of get what I'm saying? Our levels of thinking is pretty much determined on or based on just the first two steps and a toe dip in the application aspect. So we'll know things, we'll comprehend it, and that's where we take it. We'll read a book. We'll know what the book is about, and that's it. Application of reading that book would be you talk about it in a book club. You dive into what the author was thinking. Why was the author thinking this? Why did the author make this character do this? Why is this character development, this arc, and this character development goes that way, you know? And that's how you get into the application. You start to really dig deep into the technical aspect of writing that book. And then you get into the analysis of the characters of that book and the thought process of the author. And that's the analysis of it. And then you synthesize your information from there. And then eventually you can create your own fan fiction. Star Wars fans do this very well, as nerdy as they are. (laughs) They have a general understanding of the premise of Star Wars. They know the basic characters. They know the origin stories of these characters. That's the comprehension, right? And then they can get into the application of it, meaning how do these characters help develop the story? And then they uh, uh, analyze that story. Okay, what's the psychology of this guy? How does this guy behave? How would this guy behave if we put him in this situation? That's the analysis of it. And then to synthesize it would be to create your own little world. You can create a small portion of your world. Like you could take the story of of Star Trek and then kind of tweak it a little bit to where you make it a little bit better. And then the full comprehension of Star Wars 
is that you can take the exact same characters and create a whole new story with a whole new adventure and tie it in to the Star Wars universe. And that is higher thinking. But the problem is, though, a lot of us are stuck on step one, which is not bad. It's not a bad thing, but it's just you don't go further than that. You don't really put forth the effort to go further. Then you get stuck in that just basic knowledge. And just having basic knowledge of something is not necessarily detrimental, but it's also not good either because you can't go any further than just having the knowledge. It's like a person who had who's very good at trivia the, or the very the game Trivial Pursuit. That knowledge is good in a certain setting. That's it. But that person cannot dive deeper into that knowledge that they have. That's pretty much essentially where their knowledge stops is at knowing just that fact and that's it. They can't, you know, they can know it and comprehend it, but they can't apply it. They can't analyze it. They can't synthesize it or they can't evaluate or create their own version of that knowledge. And I think that's what a lot of us lack. Because for me, I notice that a lot of people think that having knowledge of the occult makes them a lot smarter than other people. And it doesn't really make you smarter. It just you put you on the same, honestly, just put you on the same knowledge plane as everybody else. The only difference is instead of having knowledge of, let's say, one subject, you have a knowledge of another subject. Instead of having knowledge about music, you have knowledge about movies. That's pretty much what it is. It's just apples to oranges kind of knowing something. So for me, it, it, it's weird that people think that just having a common reasoning of things makes you really, really smart. And it doesn't really make you start smart because the whole saying common sense is not so common. It's, it's not that common sense is not common. It's just that people don't want to apply common sense when it's needed. So having a knowledge of like something different doesn't necessarily make you smart, essentially, is what I'm trying to get at. You just have knowledge of something else. That's it. Now, can you break down that knowledge that you got? Can you fill in the dots? Can you point it to go somewhere where you need it to go? Can you take that knowledge, break it down, and create something entirely new? If you can, all right, cool. Then you have a complete understanding and you really have a higher level of thinking. But if you can't, then you need to evaluate your level of understanding. And it's not trying to be like rude or crude or anything like that. It's just, I see a lot of people, especially nowadays, with this whole QAnon stuff, and conspiracy theories being spit out there and i'm not bashing conspiracy theory folks but it seems to me that like when people talk about the cabal or you know the occult knowledge and stuff like that they seem to come from a uppity place of reasoning they're kind of like snotty with the information it's like they call everybody else sheep they call everybody else blinded by the whatever and i'm just like i'm looking at them just like no no and no, <laughs> nobody's blinded. Nobody's a sheep. Just because a lot of people think a certain way doesn't mean they're dumb. Sheeps are not really stupid animals. They flock together, yes, but they're not really that dumb. You ever try to catch a sheep? Good luck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I get it that you have this other way of thinking about the world. And that's all it is. It's just a transfer of thought, right? It's just a different way. It's a different perspective, essentially. That's all it is. So that's why it's weird because a lot of people seem to have this aversion, especially nowadays. I'm seeing this is like people hate science or people are having a bad reaction to science. And I've been wondering, why is that? And I broke it down to one simple phrase. Science is hard. Science is so complex. It's so intricate and it's so technical. And it's like 
And the answers aren't exact, right? Because people don't like that. That when we don't have an exact answer, people get thrown off by that because they want to know definitively what's going on. They want that absolute knowledge. And science is not absolute knowledge, if that makes any sense. Science is replicable, but it's not absolute because there's always room for improvement. There's always room for change. And there's infinite possibilities of variations. So science is, in order for science to cover its ass, essentially, it's open-ended. It's never exact, unless you're talking about mathematics, then mathematics is exact. But in the realm of science, it's not always exact. Sometimes it's just an approximation, you know, it's close to, it's a probability, essentially. And people don't like the fact that there's room for error. People want things to be quite exact. And that's not how science works. Science is very difficult, trust me. I majored in it. I was a bio major in college, and then I got a psychology degree. Science is hard. It really is. So how do we get ourselves to think higher? Because it really is important. Because I always argue that critical thinking is the most important thing an individual can learn, is how to critically think. And there's this research by um, these two individuals. Um, what are their names? We have, oh, okay. We have two scientists or psychologists. Uh, we have Richard Paul and Linda Elder. And they wrote the paper or book, Critical Thinking, Learn the Tools the Best Thinkers Use. And they have a quote in there as to why critical thinking is important. And I want to share that with you guys. Because according to Paul and Elder, much of our thinking left to itself, it's biased. It's distorted, partial, uninformed, or downright prejudiced. Yet, the quality of our life and that which we produce, make, or build depends precisely on the quality of our thought. Critical thinking is therefore the foundation of a strong education. And that's really important to think about because when we do create our thought processes, when we do come to our own conclusion on a lot of the information we get really is biased and partial or somewhat uninformed because how many times have you Googled something <laughs> and you click on that first link that you get because it just, you know, it matched what you were thinking which is confirmation bias. So we have to be able to kind of take this necessary steps to get to this higher evolution of thinking because when we do this, we can determine whether information is true or false. We can determine whether a person is lying or telling us the truth. It's important because it's a vehicle in which we can determine absolute truth, in my opinion. So for me, critical thinking is not just asking a whole bunch of questions of who, what, when, where, why, and how, but understanding the mechanics behind the who, what, when, where, why, and how. Because just throwing a bunch of questions out there doesn't necessarily mean you're critically thinking. It just means you're asking questions. But when you start to understand the mechanics of why you're asking those questions or why the answer is this way, then you can start to understand the dynamics of everything and, most importantly, the nuances of information. Nuance is very important as well because just having the information doesn't mean it's right. As I just read in the quote, most of the information that we get is totally biased, partial, and, and prejudiced in some way. Doesn't mean like you're racist or anything like that. It's just prejudice, meaning there's a bias or there's a slight stereotypical hatred in there a little bit, right? There's a slant towards the other, there's a slant towards the truth or the information that you're getting. Because when we do research information, we let our pride get in the way. Whether it is you're reading the Bible to understand God better, better, or if you're reading 
an article to understand what this person is trying to say or you know if you're in an argument with somebody and you're trying to give your best argument forward nuance is very important but more importantly we have to understand that the information that we're pulling is biased and is biased in our favor so if we can recognize that we can get the brain wheels turning a little bit more we can grind that gear a little bit we can get out of the the bottom rung of the triangle we can go up to the third fourth fifth sixth levels and become better human beings doesn't mean we're dumb because we're not dumb we're vastly intelligent we have the computing power of like a bunch of supercomputers in the palm of our hand we can pull up information at the literally blink of an eye so we're not dumb we're just stuck in certain ways of thinking and once you can break free of that certain way of thinking then your mind will expand and then more knowledge will come in and then it'll be a lot better for you because gaining information understanding things is very important it's very important it helps you become a better gamer it helps you become a better speaker it helps you become a better person in general and you'll have a lot more empathy towards others. For me, I think a lot of the callousness that's in the world right now is a lack of understanding. We're all stuck in the first two rungs of the ladder. We get a piece of knowledge, we comprehend that piece of knowledge, and that's where we stick. I think that if we can push through the threshold of where we are limited, a whole new world would open up for us. We will see that society is shifting. Whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, you'll see that society is shifting. And change is not a bad thing. Some things you could push back on. Like, you know, there's certain things I guess we can conserve, right? That's why the whole word conservative is around, is to conserve or preserve some old way of thinking. But the world is changing. And I think a lot of people are scared of change. So they don't want to push through the threshold. They just want to stay with what they know. Because what they know is what they comprehend. And if that comprehension is broken in any way, then a lot of the fear and anxiety seeps in. And I don't understand how people can live in constant state of fear personally. But hey, to each their own, right? To me, I've been in very in many dangerous situations. Many, 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 many. In fact, I shouldn't be alive here today talking to you. But here I am. But I'm not living in fear. I've seen fear. I've felt fear. I've had fear come out of both ends <laughs> of my orifices. I've, <laughs> I know what fear is. I know what true fear is. But the fear of change is not one of the things to be afraid of. Change is good for you, whether we accept it or not. We have to accept it, you know. Like energy is changing. Everybody's fighting the whole uh, coal wars and oil. Coal and oil is being, you know, it's like on the forefront right now of the battlegrounds of change. Everybody wants to continue to use coal and oil, but it's changing. Cars are becoming more efficient. Electricity runs the world. EV, electronic vehicles, are going to be the wave of the future. Self-driving cars, automated vehicles, are going to be the wave of the future. Automation is legitimately kicking our asses right now, okay? Because computers have no, are not limited by human emotions. They can think and compute at very high levels, and they're taking away all the menial jobs right now. It's not immigrants. It's not foreigners. It's automation. You're all being duped into thinking that your jobs are being stolen by some other poor sap trying to make a buck. No. Billionaires are figuring out that it's cheaper to hire a robot to do your job. That's higher thinking. Understanding the system that you're in. Understanding the system that you're fighting. That's higher thinking. Now the next step to that is how do you capitalize from that? How do you make profits from that? How do you stay ahead of the curve? That's higher thinking. That's the evaluation of everything. That's the creation and, 
you know, judging the outcome or synthesizing or putting together the information to create a whole new revenue stream and whatnot. You have to think and move with the times. You can't get stuck in the ways. This is how people get rich. It's not, you know, luck. A lot of it is luck. Let's be honest. A lot of it is luck. 90% is luck. But sometimes there's some innovation that's in there. You know, a lot of people that are rich are born rich. So they have the capital to become richer. A lot of us that are poor are born poor. So we have our bodies to, you know, drive the vehicle into hopefully gaining wealth. We pretty much pimp ourselves out for profits. Don't get mad at me. It's the truth. We literally, from the day we're born, we pimp ourselves out for a dollar. And yet prostitution is still illegal in many estates. I don't get it. But hey, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, push yourselves. You have to start thinking on a higher level. Start critically thinking. Stop emotionally reacting to things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Your favorite TV show is, you know, talking about transgenders or whatever. Who cares? People are like now, you know, pushing against transgenders using the same bathroom. It's like, look, dude, somebody goes into the bathroom. They're trying to duke you. They're not looking at you to a pervert. And when somebody's a pervert in the bathroom, we usually handle it like the way we need to handle it. All right. Human beings are not fickle things like, yeah, we're fickle in the sense that we're like comparative to the earth and everything around us in the earth. We're a fragile human being, but we are resilient. And that what that is what makes us stand out. So. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. I am Vladimir Jean-Philippe. You're listening to Guys at a Roundtable. I really appreciate you guys hanging out with your brother. And I got some good news I want to share with you before we wrap this up. I am going to be working with Beat Selector Magazine to interview up-and-coming DJs and prominent DJs in the music industry. And I think it's subject to change, but my first project will be March 5th will be my first interview. And... I'm not going to tell you who it is yet. I know who it is and I'm doing some research on the dude and he's a pretty interesting guy. So I'm, you know, loading up on the ammo to like of questions to ask him and hopefully the conversation can go very well with him. But yeah, I'm very excited for this opportunity and I want to thank Joe Wentzel for giving a brother that opportunity to take his podcast skills to the next step. So look out for it on March 5th. The date is subject to change as, you know, he's an entertainer and he's in he's in the entertainment business. So things are subject to change. But tentatively speaking, March 5th is the interview date and it should be coming out at some point thereafter. So I'm excited to do that. It's something that I'm looking forward to and hopefully I can sharpen my interview skills and, you know, help grow the brand a little bit. So it's something I'm looking forward to and I'm hoping that you guys will enjoy it as well. Again, thanks for listening. I really love you guys from the bottom of my heart. This is Vlad with Guys at the Round Table. And as always, I love y'all. Peace.